committed to examining and providing solutions for safety and occupational health in the workplace. I'm Heather. And I'm Holly, your host of the show. Holly is an ER nurse by trade, but joined the marketing world to share practical knowledge employers can use to navigate all things related to employee health and safety. Thanks, and Heather is actually a content specialist who writes all the informational articles about how employees can create a safer work culture and how they can be their healthiest on and off the job. But whatever role you play, this show is about providing you with new knowledge that can take your organization to the next level. Let's get right to today's guest, Tom Gillum, president of Industrial Physical Capability Services. Now, Tom holds a PhD in exercise muscle physiology, is a published author, and has over 40 years of experience in sports medicine strength assessment. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you. I'm happy to participate today. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Great. Well, Tom, for everybody listening, basically, we'll just kind of give a, a brief explanation. You've designed a physical capacity evaluation that performs isokinetic testing that's based on three elements that kind of focus on basically the speed, the strength, and also range of motion. So anybody that's ever taken like a, a traditional FCE or has had one of those types of testing programs for their employees, what you guys have created is far more comprehensive than your regular evaluation. I mean, it really is some, mm-hmm. somewhat of a game changer in terms of occupational health. Um, but before we get into to some of those details, we'll, we'll kind of start at the beginning. Tom, can you tell us how you got into this business? I sure can. It was many, many years ago. As you mentioned in my introduction, uh, I've been doing this for about 40 plus years now, so I am quite old, but good. Uh, <laughs> when you stay healthy and strong, you, you can uh, continue to, to work for many, many years. Um, I was a tenured faculty member at the University of Michigan, and uh, one of my master's students' boyfriend's father wanted to get involved with uh, incorporating a uh, a corporate fitness center to include physical capability testing, cardiovascular testing, that kind of thing. So they brought me into the uh, Cleveland area, Cleveland, Ohio area, to do Mm -hmm. consulting with this group. And I got exposed to a, a company called Stouffer Frozen Foods. This is about 1978, 79. Uh, Stouffer Frozen Foods is now part of the Nestle's chain. Um, and it was a real learning experience. Um, uh, they took me through the factory, uh, watched all the people work uh, three different shifts. And they said to me that one of their biggest issues, and this is back in 19. 19- again, 78, 79, uh, was musculoskeletal injuries. uh, And they saw I was doing isokinetic work at this fitness center that I helped set up. And they were intrigued by the fact that you could, by way of the assessment, if someone has a pre-existing condition, say with the shoulder or the knee or low back, you can actually pick that up off the evaluation. So uh, through their words of encouragement, I walked away from a tenured faculty position in 1982 and started uh, doing physical capability testing for them, uh, and then they expanded from Solon, Ohio, to four other locations throughout the United States. So that's how I got started. It was an eye-opener. They, they actually I had no idea that these conditions existed in industry, and, of course, uh, even today, uh, when you talk to companies and you ask them one of what, what's their number one concern, and it's going to be musculoskeletal um, injuries and musculoskeletal disorders, or now 
really focusing on muscular health. So it hasn't gotten any better. Mm-hmm. It's only gotten worse. Wow. And so what kind of led you to develop your, your particular type of model of testing versus the traditional route for physical capacity exams? Well, I think it, it was the objectiveness that you can get from an isokinetic evaluation. I know both of you went through the evaluation. And you get when you when you work on this isokinetic machine. It first of all, it's uh, it's accommodating resistance. So whether you're weak or whether you're strong, whether you're you're a male, whether you're female, whether you're 80 years of age or 20 years of age, 400 pounds or 100 pounds, this machine will assess your force generating capabilities for major muscle groups, i.e., the shoulder, for example. and uh, you can objectively see what you're doing throughout the full range of motion. Do you have an issue or uh, a weakness that may uh, hinder your ability to safely perform the essential functions of the job? We can see that with the isokinetic evaluation. You can't see that with a traditional uh, functional capacity evaluation. Um, And so Stouffer is going back again into the late 1980s or 70s wanted to know you know can I come up with some sort of algorithm to help them better assign their workers to jobs that they can safely perform and that started it and so I I created my first algorithm for industry uh, back in about 1980 and I've changed it some and created some new ones ever since then particularly when I formed my own company IPCS in 1998. Wow and so how did you test that out in those developmental stages when you were working on your logarithms there? Sure. Well, there, there were a couple of companies involved, and one, uh, we actually assessed uh, what would be new hires, and these people were hired regardless of what our algorithm showed, whether they should be hired or not. And then we okay. tracked them for one and two years for injuries. And so as we, we created, uh, I created the algorithm. We, we tested pre-existing uh, pre-existing employees, uh, I'm sorry, the existing employees uh, that were free from chronic injury and covered all age groups, covered both genders, and then we tracked these people and applied their uh, isokinetic test data against their injury um, history as they worked in the job for one and two years and use that then to create the uh, algorithm and to validate the algorithm. Wow. So you guys ran kind of a, a parallel test then to back and forth to both groups then to, to look at the data. Yes. Between the two um, groups. And yeah. so we, we, everything was based on outcomes, uh, injury outcomes or working injury-free. Um, and then we were able to look at the, we, we saw some injuries occur and we, we looked at the information what did we miss from the isokinetic evaluation? For an example, we saw the what we call uh, muscle symmetry readings. Other, uh, for example, what did your right shoulder look like compared to your left shoulder? Um, mm-hmm. and same thing with the legs. Uh, whether, oh, how did the flexors look compared to the extensors? And we saw that also was very important in terms of injury prevention. So you could have what we call imbalances, and if you had a serious imbalance, uh, put you at a greater risk for injury. So we were able to use all that tracking for a period of a couple of years, uh, looking at the injury history, um, along with the scores that they achieved on on the uh, isokinetic evaluation, and be able to uh, tweak and and fine tune the uh, algorithm. 
Wow, I love that, Tom. Wow. And so in in terms of whenever you guys were, were implementing this, did you run into a lot of objections from, from the employees that you guys were testing? Or from a legal standpoint, did you run into any objections there? Well, I, w- I would love to say no, <laughs> but right, that's not yeah, the answer. Sure. <clears throat> um, the, the, the employees did not uh, object. Um, okay. Because at this point, we're doing new hires. And so at that mm-hmm. point, um, for example, if we were working with a union shop, uh, they were not members of the union at that point. Uh, even if you're working with a non-union shop, um, they, were, they were not employed. So the company has the right to establish what they're going to do, whether it be uh, the IsoConnect physical capability testing program or some others, <clears throat> uh, without pretty much interference from the employees. Um, the uh, legal side is always a challenge. It wasn't so much a challenge when I first started doing industrial t- uh, testing in the 1980s uh, until the Americans with Disabilities Act came out in uh, 1992. And what that did, that opened the eyes of a lot of industries in terms of things that needed to be done and have in place, for example, like a physical demands analysis or job task analysis, and to keep those current because you you, you have to have that information in order to establish a target score to test against. Um, and, and then um, the, the, the concern has always been when you do physical capability testing, especially when you're into physically demanding jobs, is, is what they call disparate impact. Uh, are you going to uh, uh, have discrimination against a protected class of individuals, i.e. females, mm-hmm. uh, and then those over the age of 40? And, and as we've gone into now the 21st century, that's grown from uh, gender and age to also now uh, obesity. Now, obesity is not a protected class, but since it is considered a disability with the Americans Disabilities Act, it, does take in, it has to be taken into uh, consideration from a legal point of view. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, when Heather and I win, I mean, I was, I was extremely impressed and mm-hmm. in that you take this objective nature out of out of some of these, you know, traditional exams and that, that it is very objective. Heather, did you have anything else that you wanted to add to well, that? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you want to take away? You know, I think I was a little overly confident going in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I thought we were going to go in and we were going to sit on this machine and, you know, we were going to do some leg extensions, and that was going to be it. But, of course, you know, I gave it, right, 150% as I'm swinging my leg up and down. And then, of course, the more resistant it became based it was. on how I much mean, effort it, I put in. Yeah, that was a tough test. We were looking at each other, Tom, <laughs> like we were looking at each other and thinking, wow, we did not expect this to be uh, there. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I can see where this would be so helpful. Um, <laughs> and, of course, for your viewers, we're, we're not going to discuss either one of your outcomes here on the podcast. Right, right. But um, but it was great. We got the results, uh, you know, and and, you know. It was, it was all positive for us. Sure, but, definitely. <laughs> but it, no, it was it was a really interesting process. But you both did, did well. And then uh, I think you saw not only can you use this from a new hire point of view, but I think what's more important today and what we see industry talking to us more and more about is how can you, uh, well, how can you assess the individual's muscular health, um, mm-hmm. particularly with an aging population? Um, sure. We have more people by the year 2022 going to be working beyond the age 65 and with that you have loss of muscle you have loss of muscular strength 
and what impact mm-hmm. is that going to have on the health and well-being, the safety of the worker, uh, particularly if the job doesn't change. If your job requires you to pick up 30 pounds every day multiple times, um, oh, and yeah. now you're 65, picking up 30 pounds may be a little bit more difficult. So companies are looking at us from a wellness point of view. What can we mm-hmm. do uh, to get involved with the incumbent workforce to make sure that they continue to be healthy? And then this coordinates and works very nicely with other agencies that implement wellness programs, uh, uh, strength and conditioning programs on, at the work site using the outcomes from our data like you two both received. Uh, to set up programs to keep you healthy and strong. Right. Now, for more than 30 years, you've collaborated with hundreds of industry and medical professionals to ensure a healthier workforce. So what are some of the most recent safety trends you've noticed, Tom? Well, I think there's um, a big push today. Uh, Industry is finally recognizing, and it's been uh, a long time coming, but they're finally recognizing the fact that Uh, in terms of health and safety, injury prevention, that it's not just what they do within the physical plant, the ergonomic changes, the things of this sort, but you also have to address the worker, what's happening to the worker um, in terms of his or her strength, uh, his or her age, um, and things of that sort. So they're looking now to see what can we do We know more companies are now putting in place via uh, health coaches, uh, exercise coaches, uh, conditioning programs that are part of warm-ups or during the course of the day to help keep these workers healthy. Now, it's a little bit easier when they work in a blue-collar environment. Um, We don't see that occurring as much in a white-collar environment, but uh, all workers, whether they're working in an office environment or a factory environment, they have to focus on their health. And Heather and Holly, one of the reasons is that in the last 10 years, the research is so clear that people who maintain a healthier muscle mass, it doesn't mean you're the strongest person in the world, but maintains a healthier muscle mass, uh, have so many improved medical conditions. Even if you're hypertensive, you can manage your blood pressure better that way. If you're uh, type 2 diabetic, you can manage your diabetes through a healthier muscle mass. And even some studies have shown that people who maintain a a healthier muscle mass have a greater survivability if they are exposed to certain types of cancers. But there's a whole list of health conditions that that come along with maintaining a healthier muscle mass. We see industry wanting to do that now and focusing in on that on the wellness side uh, more so than ever uh, before. Mm -hmm. Now, you've talked about um, kind of the risks of um, the health and safety risks of the older generations, but what about what are you seeing with the younger workers that are coming in? Well, it's not good. Um, we, We gather a lot of data. Uh, We have over 500 uh, of these isokinetic evaluations like uh, both of you went through uh, in our database now, and I love to do a a lot of data analyses. What we see is, for example, when we look at the worker in 2017 compared to the worker in 2008, a 10-year difference, uh, the worker today um, is anywhere from 23% to about 14% uh, weaker than they were uh, 10 years ago. And the greatest weakness or the great, the greatest class of workers, the 20 to 29-year-olds, uh, had the greatest difference in, in absolute strength compared to 10 years ago. So that, that younger environment, 20 to 29, 
they're coming into the workplace weaker in terms of absolute strength for their upper body and their lower body, and also they're coming in 13 pounds heavier. So it doesn't paint a, a good mm-hmm. picture for mm-hmm. industry in trying to find uh, healthier or candidates that can safely perform the essential functions uh, of the job. I mean, is that just attributed to just a more sedentary kind of lifestyle, do you think? Or what do you what do you think that's about? I think just that. Um, the, you know, un- unfortunately, the, the kids today are, are just tuned into all their electronics. Uh, very few of them are out playing and being active as they're going through elementary school, junior high school, senior high school. And, and then so many of the schools throughout the country have, of course, eliminated physical education. So they don't right. really they don't have to do anything active once they get into high school. So they become very sedentary. And, it, and we're seeing it in, in, in industry. And the, the big push there, too, is there's the, the obesity level in with the pediatric population is contributing or wreaking havoc on the industrial population as they become 18, 19, 20 years of age, and they now are joining the workforce. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, all of this, you know, it's it's not just a older worker situation. It's kind of across the board, which, mm-hmm. you know, kind of leads into our final question, which is, you know, of course, pre-employment testing continues to be so important. It seems more important than ever. Um, for an organization. So as we wrap things up, can you talk just a little bit about the importance of functional capacity evaluations and workplace safety, and in particular, IPCS's role within that scope? Sure. I think that, um, well, first of all, we know that there's an issue with muscular health of the worker. And so how Mm -hmm. can you assess that individual in a safe uh, environment. How can you assess that individual within the, within the legal ramifications that come along with physical capability testing? Um, how can you assess that individual if he or she is off work from uh, injury, and so that when they come back to work, you can put them in, uh, go through an evaluation that is safe, that will not uh, exasper- exasperate an existing mm-hmm. condition. Um, so, and then you can use the objectiveness of an evaluation to make sure that that individual can safely return to work, um, or uh, if not, what can we do to make sure that we can do a better job establishing a reconditioning program for that injured worker? So that that's one area, but the other is that companies uh, are now looking at uh, how to uh, bring in a healthier, more fit worker and how to fit that worker to the physical demands of the job. And in some cases, sadly, uh, they don't match up. And so the company needs to make a very serious decision. Uh, Do they still bring this person into a work environment that they know that they can't safely perform? Or do they make a decision that they're not going to hire that individual? And And the legal aspect of that is that you don't have to hire an individual if they do not meet the physical demands of the job. That's all via the EEO regulations, if you set up your testing process correctly, and that's critical. So that, that's what we see what's happening with the functional capacity test. And then, as I mentioned a few moments ago, there seems to be a real big push in what they can do for the incumbent worker, and the laws regulating incumbent testing uh, are altogether different than regulating uh, uh, testing for that new hire uh, applicant. Well, thank you again, Tom, for giving us your time. I mean, this, you know, you've just provided some great insights and information into employee health and 
and the future of occupational safety, really. Um, if you're looking to improve your own occupational health program, please contact Axiom Medical by visiting our website at www.axiomaxiomllc.com or by calling us at 877-502-9466.